Welcome to the First Pres podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you would like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Pres at www.first-pres.org. Amen. It is well with my soul. Friends, would you open your Bibles as you've brought them to the prophet Habakkuk. And if you're pulling the Pew Bible out of the rack in front of you, it's on page number 1427. So that'll help you along. This is where it's helpful to have your Bible app too. If you've got an iPhone or something like that, you just look up Habakkuk and then you're there. But let's look, let's look and find Habakkuk together as we read from Habakkuk chapter one, verses one through five. And as we find our way and open the scriptures before us. Let me pray for us. Lord, open your word to us, we pray, and open us to your word that we may hear from you and see your son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in the power of your Holy Spirit. In your name we pray, amen. Habakkuk chapter one, verses one through five, hear the word of the Lord. The prophecy that Habakkuk the prophet received. How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God endures forever. Amen? Amen. Habakkuk, kingdom come. Here in Colorado, we can can see the storm coming, can't we? You can usually see the storm coming. It isn't like that in every state that I've lived in. In some states, you live in hills and valleys, and there are so many trees that a storm can kind of come upon you all of a sudden. You had no idea that it was on its way. But here in Colorado, you usually see the storm coming. That's why if you get struck by lightning and you you go to the ER in another state, they'll take pity on you. (laughs) You know? They say, oh, no. You were struck by lightning. How on earth did this happen? But here in Colorado, if you go to the ER and say, I got struck by lightning, they look at you and say, well, why did you do that? (laughs) Because you should have seen the storm coming. Habakkuk was a prophet who saw the storm coming. He saw the storm on the horizon. But just because you can see the storm coming, that doesn't make it less of a storm. Just because you can can see, you can tell that hard times are about to get harder. Just because you can see that there are rapids around the next bend in the river or there's a storm on the horizon. 
that doesn't make the storm any less stormy. I've seen some storms blow people's ships right up onto the rocks. But you know, I've seen other storms blow people right into the strong arms of Jesus. When you see the storm coming, where do you hang your heart? When you see the storm on the horizon, where do you turn? What do you do? Listen, hang on to Jesus. He's hanging on to you. And there is a kingdom come. Hope in his kingdom come. Amen? So the prophet Habakkuk, let me give you some context as we open up this prophet this month. Habakkuk, it's a short book, three chapters. He's a minor prophet. That just means the book is short. It has nothing to do about Habakkuk's personal stature or anything like that. But it's a short book and it's not a happy book. And it's called, as as our version says, it's called the prophecy that Habakkuk the prophet received. Or another translation would say an oracle. It's an oracle that Habakkuk received. And Habakkuk, an oracle received is the, the same Hebrew word for a burden. A burden. Here is the burden on Habakkuk. Here is the burden that he received. The message of Habakkuk, you see, is a burden. Why? Well, because Habakkuk was in ministry at a time when the nation was falling apart. Of all the glory days of King David and King Solomon, now the the nation, the people of God, their nation was split into two nations, Israel and Judah, and they had lost track of their devotion to God. King Josiah tried to get the southern half, Judah, back on track, but he died in 609 B.C. and things kept slipping and that's where Habakkuk was. In Habakkuk's time, the people of God, the the covenant people that God had had grabbed a hold of and, and drawn near to himself and bound himself to through Abraham and Moses and David and all that history that we know, all of this, this, this binding that God had drawn these people to himself, the people of God, they were acting like every other people on the face of the, of the planet. They were engaged in all kinds of, of sacrifices to false gods. They were burning incense and performing rituals to worship the sun and the moon and the mountains and everything else and the harvest fields and wine. And They sacrificed to for fertility gods. The people of God sacrificed to for fertility gods participated in raucous festivals and shameful rites. They even sacrificed their own children to a God named Molech who took children in fires. The people of God did this, you see. Holiness was gone. Honor honor to God had slipped away. Reverence and obedience were nowhere to be found. Even among those who were supposedly running things, And Habakkuk saw what was coming next. God was done supporting a nation of disobedience and self-destruction. The writing was on the wall. Enough. You know, there comes a time, doesn't there? There comes a point when a loving father just says, hey, 
I'm not going to support, I'm not going to bankroll your self-destruction any longer. You know? Uh, I have to pull away. You're on your own, you see. But for Judah, it was even worse than that. They were about to be overthrown and carried into exile into Babylon, which is modern-day Baghdad, Iraq. No one wanted to be there. That was what was coming. And Habakkuk had his eyes open. He saw the storm was coming. So where do you hang your heart when the storm is on the horizon? What I love about the Bible is that it's honest. And we forget that when we get away from the scriptures for a while, we start to think of it as something else. We start to think of it as a kind of an answer book, like a, uh, like a dictionary or something like that. It's edgier than that. It's more real than that. It's more honest than that. The whole book of Habakkuk is a prayer. It's a dialogue between God and this man who could see that hard times had come and that harder times were on the way. And it's this open uh, look into this prayer life. There's no superficiality about it. There's no falseness about it. There's no pretense. This is real. And Habakkuk opens up, just as you and I would, with a complaint, an honest complaint. How long is it going to be like this? Everything is off kilter. There's nothing that feels right. You know, this stinks. It's, it's wrong. Verse 2, how long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen, or, or I cry out to you violence, but you do not save. Well, that's honest, isn't it? Lord, how long? How long? He says, how long do I have to cry out violence? This is like screaming for help. Violence, violence, I'm being mugged, I'm being attacked. This is, a, this is not a, this is, a, this is an urgent appeal, help. And he says, Lord, there's nothing that you do. It's like I'm throwing my prayers up into emptiness. How long, Lord, will I wait for you to act? You know, God can handle your complaints. He can take it. In fact, he wants to hear what's on your heart. He wants your heart, your whole heart, and he wants to know what's in there. You can come to God like Habakkuk and say, how long? You see, we've all known times when it just isn't, just isn't fair. The cancer comes back, the the, the diagnosis is of some incurable genetic condition. The, our hearts break. One of my very best friends is sitting in a dark room. He's entering the third week of sitting in a, in a room of, of darkness because he was T-boned by a reckless driver and he's struggling to heal from a serious concussion. He can't look at a screen because it makes him dizzy. How long? How long? We've all been in these places. You can open up your heart to the Lord. He wants to know what's in your heart. Habakkuk was a guy who had his eyes open and didn't turn away. He didn't put his head in the sand. He saw the world for what it was. Look at verse three. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. 
Can we relate? You know, a, a man opens fire on a concert in Las Vegas. It takes all those lives and hurts all those people. And, and the latest mass shooting is the worst mass shooting. Not better, worse, you see. A man takes a, a truck and drives, you know, an Islamic extremist takes a truck and tries to use it as a weapon to see how much destruction he can cause, how much death he can bring to New York City. How long? How long? Violence and conflict abound. There is strife, he says. And that's an understatement, isn't it? How long? He looks at the world and he sees it for what it is. And we can recognize that, that this is what life is like. It's hard to trust the powers that be. It's hard to trust the story that our media outlets give us. It's, it's hard to believe that our leaders are all fighting for the right things, fighting for the common good. How long will the world be like this? How long? Is God deaf to it all? How long? Our prophet has his eyes open and he sees the world for what it is. And you know what? That's hard. That's hard to do. I think about a, a guy like Habakkuk in his time in, in the southern nation of Judah and he think, well, what, what, he knew what was going on in Jerusalem. Maybe he heard some reports about the neighboring region. Maybe he had that much exposure to the world. But you and I, in our times, we know the whole world at once. It comes to us on our phones. You know, you think about that? We see the whole world, every disaster, every horrible thing that happens, we know it all at once. It can be crushing. My son Jack is thinking about um, pursuing photojournalism or adventure photography and, and a, a renowned photographer who's here in the church, maybe some of you know Sean Sheridan. Sean took Jack on a trip last month to Uganda and he took Jack to Bidi Bidi. Bidi Bidi is a refugee camp. Almost one million refugees have flooded into Uganda from South Sudan this year. And 300,000 of them are in Bidi Bidi. It is now the world's largest refugee camp. So Sean said to Jack before they left, he said, we are traveling to what is probably the hardest place to be alive on the face of the planet right now. And our job is to tell their story with pictures. See, See that's the job to look, to see, to open our, to have our eyes open like Habakkuk, even though it's, it's hard, it's, it's heavy, it, it breaks our hearts to see what the world is. But that's, that's the job. And praise God that we can know where the pain is. Thank God that we can know where people are hurting, where, where children are hurting, where children are, again, just like in this time, being sacrificed before the fires of Molech because people are pursuing false gods. They're pursuing false ideas and, and they're letting the children suffer as they, as they pursue these false ends. Thank God that we can at least know what's happening. We can see it because why? Because maybe there's something we can do from time to time. But it begins with open eyes, being willing to see, and being willing to ask, 
How long, O Lord, how long? We look with clear eyes, we see the world as it is. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. But listen now. Don't get sucked in. And don't get taken under. Because evil doesn't win. Habakkuk. Verse 5 takes a turn. God responds, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed for I am going to do something. I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. Habakkuk prays and God answers. God is going to move. God is going to do something, something you would not believe. Now, I don't want to give you the false impression about the context here. The thing that God is about to do is not an easy thing. What God is about to do is about to let Babylon overthrow Judah. God is going to use this evil, warmongering nation to achieve his own ends, to purify his own people. And that's not easy. That's that's not great news for the people. But God is going to act. And when God acts, good follows. In fact, this verse is the one that gets picked up in the New Testament 600 years later after the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Paul and Barnabas are in the region of Galatia and they quote this verse in Acts 13 verse 41. They say, look, you scoffers, wonder and perish for I am going to do something in your days that you would never believe even if someone told you. You see, God God is going to act. It's going to get worse before it gets better for Habakkuk, but there is something coming on the other side. God is going to act. He's not going to remain silent. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. He is going to do something, and it's something that you would not believe if I told you beforehand. It's going to amaze you and blow you away. There is something coming, something out in front of us. That something, friends, is the kingdom of God the rule and reign of Jesus Christ, God is going to do something, something you wouldn't believe. So, hope from Habakkuk. Can we find hope from Habakkuk? It's it's there. Trust me. Believe me, it's there. Can we find hope from Habakkuk? Where do we find it? Listen, things were dark for him a big storm on the horizon. It was gonna get harder before it got easier. A huge struggle was in front of him and all the people of God. Lots of pain, lots of grief. But can we see a little hope? When the darkness is closing in, when the storm is on the horizon, where do you hang your heart? Are you hanging your heart on something that will hold? Here's hope from Habakkuk. Listen now. See what he does. Habakkuk prays. Habakkuk prays. Habakkuk sees the world for what it is. He sees what's out there and he prays. He talks to God. He calls out, how long? 
He opens his heart in in genuineness and authenticity. He gives God his real heart. Here's what is inside my real heart. Here's my real struggle. Here's my real frustration. Here's my real fear. And he puts it before the Lord. He prays and God hears. That's where we begin. See, there are so many temptations to the brokenhearted in the world. So many ways that that we could get swamped by the evil swirling all around us and even even swirling within us and pulling us away from God. We could could get cynical and give up. It's never going to change. I'm out. We could escape reality. We could uh, get into, you know, video games, play video games 20 hours a day. You know, and just escape or escape into our little screens. Just escape. We could escape reality. We could run with the Epicureans. Eat, drink, and be merry. For tomorrow we die. And just try to, you know, just run away from things. We could, or we could drive ourselves crazy trying to fix it all. Trying to fix everything. You know, just a little more push, a little more effort, a little harder push in the political realm. I'm sure the next administration's going to fix it all. You know, or push on this or that purpose until we're totally exhausted. See, when we see how bad things are, when we see the storm on the horizon, our survival instincts take over and we are flushed into fight or flight. But here's hope from Habakkuk. Hope comes from outside, not from within. We pray. We pray to the living God. What do you do when the storms roll in? Where do you hang your heart? We pray to the living God. We pray to the living God, a God who is there and who hears. We look at the world and our lives with open eyes, not stuffing our heads in the sand, not not closing our, our ears or looking away and pretending that it's not there, you know. We cry out to God. Why? Now, let me ask you this. Where did you get the idea that things were wrong in the first place? We got that from God. It's God who instills in us a sense of justice, of righteousness, of goodness. It's God who reveals what the good life is and then we see what the world is in comparison. There is a God. There is a God and we pray to the living God. People might say of Christians, you live in a fantasy world. You don't like to see the world as it really is. You you think that if, if the world shows itself as it really is, that's going to indict God. That's going to make God look bad. So you just pretend that everything is fine in your Christian fairyland. You know that's exact opposite of the case. We who follow Christ, we get a vision of what right is, of what just is, of what goodness is, and then we see the world for what it is. And we pray, we pray. When we see this beautiful world in a fallen and twisted state, we pray to the God who made this world, who owns this world, and who loves this world more than you and I will ever ever fathom or imagine. We pray to that God, and that God hears. We pray to the living God, crying how long? See, we pray to the living God who is over all. 
What are the things that Habakkuk sees that he's so upset about? Well, it's the corruption of power. It's people are using power to hurt one another instead of to serve one another. And imagine now for a second a world where there was no God, a world where there were only powers at play. And there was abuse of power and no one to correct it, no one higher than that. Well, there is a God who is over all powers, and he will set things right in his kingdom come. We pray to the living God who is over all. Can you just say that with me? We pray to the living God who is over all. And finally, friends, listen now. We pray to the living God who is over all, whose kingdom comes. Whose kingdom comes. How bad is it How heavy the burdens in your life. How painful the wrong that you're feeling. or How long will the storms rage? A kingdom is coming to set all things right. Habakkuk, he prays, how long? How long, Lord? How long will I stare at the, at the clock? How long will I wait and linger in this broken kind of anxious state? How long? How long? I don't know. But I do know this. It's not forever. It's not forever. How long will we wait for things to be set right? I don't know. But there is a kingdom coming that sets all things right, that ends all violence, that sets up justice, that sets up righteousness, a kingdom coming that reigns in perfect love, ends all disease, and brings all things in creation back into order. There will be no death. There will be no violence. There will be no tears and no longing anymore. For the Lord, our God, will be our light. There's a kingdom coming. How long do we wait for it? I don't know, but I'm telling you this right now. It isn't forever the kingdom comes. Amen? Amen. When Jesus started his ministry and in Mark chapter 1 verse 15, the time has come, he said. The time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Jesus said, the time has come. Habakkuk said, how long? When will the kingdom come? Jesus said, look now, look at me. The kingdom is very near. Or as my friend Don Everts in uh, in a great little book called Jesus with Dirty Feet, as he imaginatively recasts this line, Jesus says, I've got some good news for you. The kingdom of God has come near. You can turn around now. You can turn around now. You don't have to keep going that other way with that burden on your shoulders. You, you can turn around now because the kingdom, we still ask how long the kingdom is very close. In fact, it's found in Jesus Christ. There is in him a kingdom come. Amen? Praise the Lord. Friends, the name Habakkuk It means embrace, but not a romantic kind of huggy-huggy, kissy embrace. Not that kind of embrace. It means embrace like, like two survivors clinging to one another in the storm, holding on to get through the cold and the misery and the rain and the struggle, holding on, clinging, clinging, 
when the storm comes in your life, when the storm is raging, when the winds blow, what are you clinging on to? What are you holding on to? Are you hanging your heart on something that will hold? Listen, we pray to a living God who is over all, whose kingdom comes in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, for all the burdens that we face within our lives and that come to us from outside, we look for hope. We look for hope and we pray. We thank you, Lord, that you're here. We thank you that you're there. It's not an empty exercise for us to hang our hopes on you. We know, Lord, that you are the living God who is over all and whose kingdom comes in Jesus' name. So, Lord, hang on to us as we hang on to you by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.first-prez.org.